two, one. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> no, I I watched that last night actually, because it uh, got released at midnight on Friday. Yeah. And I have HBO Max. Oh, it's on there. Yeah. Oh, cool. And so I I watched it last night. Um, when I do my sixteen hour shifts, I'm just kind of like on call for emergency responses. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we'll be busy up until the last minute. And sometimes it was like last night where nothing happens. And so I watched Mortal Kombat last night at work. Nice. It was a good time. My friend wanted to go see that in the theater, and I didn't want to go to the theater. Um, So there's a movie that also came out called Nobody. Okay. Uh guy I work with watched it and he's like there's violence in that movie for the sake of violence really and I was like I I don't need it here anymore I'm gonna watch it (laughs) so when we're done recording would you like to watch nobody I might I might just like that nice yeah Uh, (laughs) I'm gonna have to order food though all I've had is those little uh, bread yeah no or Order whatever you want. You can have it sent here. Yeah, that's what I'll probably do. I won't be picking it up through a window. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. That yeah. one time. Like the habit, yeah. Good times. Yeah, we don't have the ha- habit in Idaho, which is sad. We do have Cup Bop, which is good. Oh, man, Cup Bop. I Unfortunately, it. it's not open on Sundays. So. Yeah. But I do have the stuff to make it here. Uh, there you go. I have white rice. I have... Um, cooked and cut chicken already. I really like, uh, I went to Sweeto Burrito and I know you guys have some here, but they do chimichanga style now so you can get it deep fried. Whew, dude, that is rough. <laughs> it's so good, but it's rough. Um, God, what was that one that was on in the 22 area? It's like, uh, it was owned by Wee Man from jackass oh i'm not sure it was like um it it was a mexican food joint but we had one on camp pendleton in the 22 area that was yeah i mean it was pretty good but then they got rid of it and turned it into a mwr center which is like a morale welfare and recreation man Hardly anyone uses. Yeah, you get um, more you get more out from going to Mexican food. Um, when I live when I first joined the military and I lived on base in the barracks, I I did use the MWR quite a bit. Uh, but you know, like at, at the same time, it it was kind of depressing. Yeah. Like, I'd go in there and play video games or watch movies or whatever. and But it was still kind of depressing because you're stuck with all these 20-something single dudes. 
that basically have no life outside of work. Yeah. And that's where I was at at the time. Um, I was dating Liz, but she still lived in Salt Lake at the time. So, yeah, I'd go to the MWR, and it was just sad. (laughs) (laughs) Every once in a while, the sorority girls from uh, UC San Diego would come over. University of California, San Diego, they'd they'd come over and do this, like, little support our troops thing and whatnot, but... I don't trust sororities or fraternities. I don't trust them. God, I, I, I was stationed with a guy when I was on that base that um, when they would come in, he'd go in and he'd hit all of them up, and by the end of the night, at least one of them would be in his fucking barracks room get, going to pound town with Oh, him. I believe it, because they're soror- sorority girls, yeah. whatever you call them. Like, have you heard the stories of, like, fraternities... The initiation of being like they all ejaculate on a cracker and then the new guy has to eat it. I wouldn't do that. Me neither. And that to me, that tells me you have intelligence because there's no way. I have intelligence. It's not the ta- college the degree that says that. It's the. Uh, it's it's refusing it's the, to eat the cracker. It's the ejaculate cracker. That's that so gross, that dude. I don't even know. That's that's like. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think they'd even do that in the military. I think it'd be more pain-induced stuff in the military. Yeah, when I got my um, chevrons for my rank. Did they pin them into your skin? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, makes that's fine. Like, it, it, they, they left the backs off of them, and uh, stuck them into my my skin pretty good i don't have scars from it yet and i i can respect that can't respect the cum cracker can't do it yeah i I refuse to do that i anyone who's done that you need to look at you know you need to buy a nice mirror and take a look in it (laughs) because that's nasty that's so gross dude it is that's disgusting 100 percent. it's it's but that's the kind of stuff that goes on in frats that's why i'm not a part of it yeah, no, I, I I got, when I got pinned, I I took my, and it, it's for every rank after E3. Yeah. Like, because you earn it. So Marines have blood stripes. Um, the Navy, uh, they put an end to this, but uh, they used to stitch it on during the ceremony. Like, s- someone would come and actually stitch the ring oh, onto wow. the side of your uniform. This is just Velcro now? No, it's pins. Oh, okay. Um, but after that got stitched on, the person would probably stab you a few times. Maybe on purpose, maybe on accident. Oh, can't get it. But they'd punch you in the arm. Like to the point where guys would have bruises for months. Yeah. Like uh, over, they'd punch you in, in the rank. And guys like literally like dark black purple bruises mm-hmm. for a long fucking time. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and the Navy put an end to that, and so instead they leave the backs off of your um, rank when they put it on you. Yeah. And you're supposed to leave it off the rest of the day, and, like, people come up and quote-unquote put their hand on your shoulder and, like, just press that into your skin. Yeah. Over and over again. You you have to buy a new shirt. Really? After it. Yeah. Um, That's what happens, man. Marines, they get their blood stripes, which there's a stripe on their pants. Once they cross from E3 to E4. And uh, the blood stripe, people will straight up knee them in the side of the leg. Over and over. Both legs, because it doesn't matter which leg it's on. Yeah. So unlike the Navy, where you get hit in the same area over and over again, both legs just get fucking beat. That's fun. For all day. And it take it literally does take months to recover. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. The... The worst thing I heard, uh, the reason why they stopped the tradition of... Um, and that's how you knew you were in a cult. Yeah. The reason they stopped the, the tradition of getting punched in the shoulder and stitching the rank on is a guy had the humerus of his arm broken. Oof. Uh, right before I went in. And so they were like, yeah, no, like... This dude literally had a broken arm from this. Wow. <laughs> so. <laughs> you gotta be careful out there. Yeah, you do. That's, uh, you, were you ever in the Boy Scouts? I was in the Cub Scouts. Did you get your arrow of light? No. They do a weird ceremony for that. And I, I think I've told this before, but basically when you're at like a, a scout camp and if you get your arrow of light in that window... They do this weird ceremony where this guy comes up dressed as a Native American who I don't think he was, so very much cultural appropriation. <laughs> Someone needs to look into that. Um, <laughs> but they they chant this thing, and then you get put in, and it's the sunset. It's it's already going down, so it's already kind of like dark. And as the Arrow of Light recipi- recipient, you get into the boat. It's a paddle boat, and they take you off to this cabin across the lake. And rape you? No, not that I can remember. Maybe I suppressed that memory. But they took me over there, and then everybody else, they took on a path, and they walked through this cabin, and they shake your hand, and then they exit the cabin. But the cabin door was so low that they would, like, shake my hand, turn around, and bonk their head. And it probably... I was laughing so hard because it probably happened to over 20 dudes who they would shake my hand, turn around, and bonk! Get out, get out of the thing. But it was weird. It was a weird experience because they would like they were playing the drums on the boat like boom, 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 boom. Like Vikings. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Taking me across the river. I'm like, I don't know what's gonna happen right now. Like you're when you're eleven years old and that's happening to you, it's like very culty stuff. So probably damaged me internally for a while, I- but yeah, it's messed up, man. I'm going to teach you what fellatio is, kid. Yeah, it was terrifying. You're looking over at the people. And they're sitting in like a cult, like semi-circle with torches. And you're being taken across the river and looking back. Like looking where you're going. It's this tiny little dark cabin, smaller than this room. 
and it's across the river and you're like am i dying now is am i going to be uh you know tomahawked and then scalped or something no you're just going to be butt raped yeah even then when we got there and those guys kept hitting their head man that was <laughs> highlight of that experience for me nonetheless weird looking back very strange Oh, yeah. Didn't absolutely. seem like it, though, back then. Really? No. See, when I was deep, deep, deep into Christ- Christianity, sorry about my speech pattern. I have Invisaligns in. I've had them in for a little over a year. I'm almost done. Nice, nice, nice. Uh most of the apostles that followed Jesus uh, were like 25 and younger. Right. And so to me, like the, the cult mindset of that kind of like, oh, wow. Like he basically took a bunch of impressionable young men. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, it was like. I'm going to save the world. Are you with me? If not, I'm going to treat you like a bad hand and cut you off and cast you to the side. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, like when I found out about that, I, I, I thought that was very, very strange. Because Jesus himself, I think, is... Supposedly younger than my current age. I think he's like 28 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it's just like, even as another, maybe as a 15-year-old, I'd be like, dude's older than me. Guy knows what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when you're back in uh, like uh, elementary school, your teachers seem like, Old and wise. Yeah, they're like 21, 22 years old. (laughs) Yeah. But to me, like thinking back at my second grade teacher, I'm like, she knew everything. Yeah. Like she was an adult. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and so like maybe as a 15-year-old that would have flown, but as like a 21, 22-year-old, I'd have been like, this guy's seven years older than me. What the fuck does he know? Oh, my life would be so much easier if I got indoctrinated into something. (laughs) If I would have been part of the the Jonestown thing, at least I would have been happy my whole life and then went out on some Kool-Aid. I, yeah. I I mean, to be fair, though, cyanide is not a good way to go. Yeah, it's definitely not. It's extremely not. painful. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, indoctrinated into anything. Like, if you were a Scientologist brought up in Scientology, that's all you'd ever know. You'd be like, oh, this is great. Like, outside those walls, people want to kill me. To be fair, I was indoctrinated into a religion growing up. Yeah. I didn't stick with it. What, the military? No. Oh. Um, Lutheran. Okay, yeah. Christianity. Um, but primarily Lutheran. I was indoctrinated. I, I, I didn't know anything else. Knew nothing else. Lutheran. Trying to remember. There's one that's very similar to Mormonism. 
it's very reverent like it's kind of like catholicism but it's uh is it is pescatarian a diet (laughs) (laughs) i think that's a diet um so lutheran is one one step away from catholicism okay do you have stained glass in like the chapel and everything okay i might have been to one of those services before um But that's what I was brought up in, and that is, um, I I I don't really know how to to describe it because, I mean, I I was literally brought up in it, and but looking back on it, it's it's complete indoctrination and brainwashing. Kind of culty. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Communion. Let's talk about communion. Okay. You're supposedly drinking and eating the blood and flesh of Christ. They have that in the Mormon church too, yeah. It's called something different, but yeah. It's called sacrament, I think, there. But... How is that not culty? Yeah, it's pretty culty. It's pre- like when you I take mean, a like step let, back, let's talk about that. When you take a step back and take a look, yeah, it's a little sus. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's talk about that for a second. They didn't use wine in the Mormon church, so it's water. No, it's water, but water got turned into wine. Um, it's very odd. Do I doubt Jesus existed? No. And he could have been a really good person at sleight of hand. The, 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 <laughs> like a the, David Blaine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he could have been a uh, 100 BCE David Blaine, you know, with the whole water into wine thing, feeding people with like two fish. Right. Sort of a deal. Um, but... I don't know. After the, some of the shit I've been through and seen, I don't believe in a God. I believe somewhat to an extent in a higher power. Yeah. Um, just because of the way things fell into place. Uh, yeah, it's a weird. Th- it's a yeah, like especially just the existence, like the fact that I'm able to even say this right now. I, I'm one of like seven billion or eight billion people on the planet that have the ability to communicate, but the the fact that I am able to say words that are understood by another human being. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It, it it's nuts. Yeah, yeah. So I do kind of believe in some cosmic organizational structure, but when when we examine the the 
Jesus and the Holy Trinity and God, Holy Spirit, whatever. I think those are just interpretations of what people. I and I I do agree, but I want you guys to keep in mind this is something I was heavily invested in. Heavily, like read every version of the Bible and. Absolutely. Every version of the Bible that I could get my hands on and understand, I read it. Yeah. New International Version, English Standard Version, King James. Um, you know, just a litany of others. I can't even remember the names of all of them. And I had passages highlighted in... Yeah, like the New World Translation and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I mean, I was heavily. I I can't even begin to express how heavily invested I was in this. Yeah. Um. So, a, I, I, so it, I know what I'm talking about. I think but, the Bible still does have very good applicable things for people in their individual lives. If they don't take it literally and they take it figur- figuratively, I think it's a great book. Yes, that. yes, but I, I, I took it so seriously that when I went out into the world and experienced other cultures, especially when I was deployed and saw some of the things I saw. I was looking at those things and going, how can a being supposedly be all-powerful and all-loving and allow these things to happen? Yeah. Um, All-powerful? Sure. All-loving? Sure, but not both at the same time. Right. Um, and, and, and always present. Which is, um, so you've got omnipotence, omniscience, and omnipresent. And omnipresent means everywhere at once. So, God is supposed to be those three things. See, I can't, I can't believe all three things, but when you say, uh, like, all present, that's what I gravitate towards because my idea of, like, what we all are is we're just a we're a piece each of us in our own little bodies are pieces of a combined consciousness that is experiencing everything okay. so like hate love desire uh heartbreak all of those th- things it's like we're a piece of like everyone is the same thing but experiencing different things to add to the collective consciousness of all knowing that's my belief okay and I can respect that. But Lutheran and most Christian doctrine fall under the guise of omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. All three, yeah. God is all three of those. And, and then on top of that... God created a specific human being to place himself inside of right and die for the 
for not following the omniscience of himself. For humanity not following the omniscience of himself. Yeah. Right? So so you have the these three qualities plus he put himself inside of a person. Yeah. And allowed himself to be killed for the sake of people being fucking stupid. Right. And then you add consciousness or a conscience on top of that, which is supposedly the Holy Spirit, to guide people. Right. In the direction that they should go. And this is also supposed to be God. Right. Um, and then one goes to an area like Aleppo and you see people like ISIS burning individuals alive. Yeah. Beheading people. Right. In my specific experience, you see... You go to Afghanistan and you see people like the Taliban blowing up other other people. Right. Dismembering them. Cutting off the hands of children for stealing a piece of bread or whatever it is. Yeah. And you expect me to believe that there is an omnipotent, an all-powerful being who is all good and always everywhere all the time guiding our actions that allowed this to happen. Right. I mean, I bought that hook, line, and sinker when I was 19, 20, 21. Right. Hook, line, and sinker, man. Um... It, it's just not feasible. Yeah. I I can respect your thing like of we're all feeding to this greater collective consciousness, right? I, I, I can accept that. I can um, respect that. Mm-hmm. But if you have somebody that tells me there's this creature... This being out there, the created guy, yeah, created everything, yeah, all powerful, all present, all knowing, all kind, and he know, and and then on, you add the the thing, the the perspective on that he's he knows how things are gonna turn out, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, and you're like. That dude then put himself in the body of some mortal being, allowed himself to be tortured and killed. Yeah. Because you're going to fuck up and he already knows it? Right. Are you fucking kidding me, man? Yeah, it's. <laughs> it's. You want to talk about a cult? Let's talk about a fucking cult, bro. I think it's. Uh, <laughs> so if I were to look at the, the historical presence of Jesus 
he was a man that existed. Right. Absolutely. So the idea of a prophet, uh, I just think is is maybe genetically in tune or has some, you know, maybe a little autistic. Maybe we're all a little odd. You know, you got some people out there that are in tune with something that maybe we don't understand. But my problem with modern religion is that, especially with the Mormon church, for example, they believe that there's one guy that is a prophet, seer, and revelator of what God wants. And that's the only one on the earth. But I tend to believe that there are hundreds, if you know, th- thousands, tens of thousands of people that have some interaction with the off world based on, you know, genetic things, or maybe they see the world differently, but they can't be, uh, you know, we, we view the Bible as basically like a stagnant. This is how it happened. This is the religion. We worship it, but there are still, I, I believe to this day, there are people on this earth right now that have insight that we don't have, but that it's just disregarded. They're crazy. They're whatever. Um, but I, I think, why is it so crazy that if they believed in like Moses parting the sea um, or whatever, that there can't be similar experiences now that people look at and say like, wow, that is, you know, that is different or or whatever. I just find it strange that they view all of this revelation as in the past. Like if God is really there, wouldn't he be talking to everybody all of the time? Wouldn't 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 he be uh, guiding? Wouldn't there be something more than men, uh, you know, other humans telling you this is how you have to behave. This is how you have to act. The Pope, it's out of the bag. That whole organization of Catholicism is like pedophilic. I mean, it's come out that it's it's like a Pope Francis getting along with all these, you know, weird people. It's not right. And if you're a true Christian, you believe that like the only real uh, and that's why I like born again Christians. I have more respect for than uh, Orthodox religions, uh, Catholicism or whatever. Uh, Lutheran is the one I was thinking of. That's the one I've been to before, which is what you said, right? That's what I grew up in. I've been to that. Um, But there's also. There's another one. But anyways, it's all perspective and it's all what you're told and it's all who you know. And then you get brought up in these bubbles thinking you're right and everyone else is wrong. And then that's what keeps people divided. Where most of the time people want the same thing. They want a happy life. They want a good environment for their families. They don't want to be bothered. And, uh, Unfortunately, we elect people that get us into terrible things, and it's been that way for hundreds throughout the history of man. That our leaders create issues to keep us divided, but most people want the same things. Uh, I mean, now I mean we're working along with the Taliban. Now we have a good relationship with the Taliban. Now for some reason, Uh, it's just a mess. It's an absolute mess. but I think the average person, the average individual wants the same thing. We're just kind of told that we that we hate each other. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, sorry. Uh, 
I did get a little lost in my own thought because I was just thinking back on my own life and I, I, I don't know I'm, I, I'm pretty upset with my mom I mean, it kept me out of trouble, but I'm I'm pretty upset with her, like, being like, oh, you need to go to church. You need to do this. You need to do that. And, you know, if, if you're a believer, that that's fine. If you're a believer, that's not fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I, I work with people that are believers. And um, not just LDS people because I live in Utah, but I, I work with some people that are legit Christian. And I'll talk to them about it because I don't give a shit. Right. Um, and I respect their views because that's what their belief is. Yeah. But I, it also ends with me going, you're not going to convert me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll have a spirited debate with you. I'll talk to you. I'm going to let you know what I think. You can let me know what you think. It does not offend me. Yeah. Are you going to change my mind? 99.9 to the infinity percent not. Especially Mormonism. It's very new. It's a new religion. Yeah. Um, But, you know, like this one girl, I, I was working Easter Sunday. There's this one girl I work with, and um, she was kind of complaining about having to work Easter. And I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, God forbid we miss zombie Jesus. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and and uh she kind of chuckled a little bit, but I could tell it upset <laughs> her yeah. a little. And I was like, "Are are you a believer?" And she said, "Yes." And I was like I just flat out said, "I'm sorry if I offended you." Yeah. I'm I'm man enough to fucking do that, you know, like I'm sorry if that upset you. Like I I didn't want to hurt your feelings in any way. Right. And she's like, no, it's okay. Like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't know if it was actually okay or not, but... Hey, that's a big step, man. Like, Dallas three years ago would have been like, were you offended? Sorry. <laughs> like, that sounds like your problem. <laughs> I still do that. <laughs> Let, let's be honest. Like, I, I still do that. Um... I had a person that I work with that called me. They no longer talk to me anymore. <laughs> oh, really? They called me at work and were like, hey, uh, I'm thinking about ordering from this place uh, for for lunch. You know, tell me, tell me what you want. And I was like, I told them, get back to me in 45 minutes because yeah. I was busy. Right. I was down in booking. They called my extension, and we were overwhelmed. And 
they were like they they said uh but I'm hungry now and I literally said back to them over the phone that sounds like a personal problem yeah and they hung up on me and your wife's been mad ever since and and <laughs> and, and and that person has n- not really had said more than two or three words to me since that point oh man <laughs> so I, I I still do that. That's that's such a stupid thing to get offended about over though. <laughs> like it, it is, but what I'm saying is I'm still like that. But when it comes to people's personal belief system, yeah, I'm willing to to give compromise that a little bit. Not compromise, but give it more leeway. Be like, you know, I understand if I said this and it upset you. Yeah. I, I get that, and I'm sorry about that. Right. But it, it, if you call me to bother me about something that's non-emergent, mm-hmm. your body can survive without food for, like, three weeks. Right. Especially this woman. Yeah. Like, I, like, like, yeah. like she's obese. Like, this woman can survive without food for a while. Right. Yeah, dude. I agree 100%. I've made a, a, a New Year's resolution not to say to, to not say sorry to things that I'm not sorry about. And that it turns out that a lot of people say sorry for things that they don't believe they're sorry for. So if, if somebody says something stupid, I'm not going to say, like, I'm not going to respond with I'm sorry if I don't actually believe I was in the wrong. I just don't do it. Well, y- yes, and, and I think that's a good thing, but when, when you're working in an environment, a professional environment like mine, I've got a, a born-again person from California. I've got Mormons. I've got atheists. I've got, you know, whatever's. I can respect that. Yeah. And if I say something that upsets them, I am genuinely sorry. I, I agree with that. I would agree with you. I, I would because do the same thing. I, I have to work with these people 40 plus hours a week. Right. I want them to to know that I did not mean anything. I would agree. Offensive to to them. On the but, flip side. But if you call me asking me what I want for lunch and I'm too busy to fucking comprehend that right now. Yeah. And you're like, well, I need to know. You can go fuck yourself. Right. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like, honestly, if you say something that's brutally honest to somebody and they get offended, what I meant by that, by not saying sorry, is if I say something that's honest with somebody and they get offended by it, I don't backtrack and say, I'm sorry, I double down. <laughs> I double oh, down. Oh, absolutely. Like, some people need to hear things that they don't want to hear, and it's but, it's ins- it's emotionally insensitive, but you have to hear it. Yeah, and, and that's different. Like like I said, like there's these obese people I, would, I work with. I work with a number of who most of modern medicine would consider to be morbidly obese. Yeah. I call them out on it. Right. I don't care. And funny enough, most morbidly obese people will agree with you. Yes. 
Like I found that. Yeah. Cody was Cody. You and I know both both know Cody's been on the podcast. He is the he's like fat people deserve to die. <laughs> like and, and this is probably the most morbidly obese person I know in my personal life. Yeah, he's lost a lot of weight. I haven't talked to him in a long time, but he's he's doing better. He works for the he works for the Gold Sacks. Uh, okay, he's doing well. But uh, yeah, it was funny to hear. He's like, yeah, morbidly obese people deserve to die, and he was morbidly obese. That's so like he understands. He's not one of these chicks that are out there like. 400 pounds in a bikini saying like except my body (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah how was was the pale ale it's good i like it um but like there's also people that i've dealt with at work that are Six foot two and five hundred and twenty five pounds. You want to talk about a morbidly obese person? I like. There's a patient that I I took care of that when they have a bowel movement, they have to take a shower because they're unable to wipe themselves. Uh I'll just put it this way. I was kind of rooting for the COVID to be a little more lethal and call the herd better than it did uh, in regards to stuff like that. Because without modern medicine, that man would not be alive. He needs a CPAP to breathe at night when he goes to sleep. He can't wipe his own ass. It, it's just... It, it's a really sad state of affairs. And the fact that we're able to keep someone like that alive is is not right. This This dude could stop eating. At any given point in time, he could stop eating. Probably close to two months and not die. Yeah. Would he have vitamin deficiencies? Sure. But as long as he had access to water, would this man die? Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. So... When it comes to being morbidly obese, and I'm talking, you're starting to get into motorcycle slash smart car weight status. Like 40, 50 BMI? Oh, uh, no. Or percent body fat, I mean, not BMI. Yes. Because I I just said when you walked away um, that this this dude's like 6'1", and he weighs 5'25". Five twenty-five. Wrap your fucking head around that. That's really heavy. Your engine in your car probably weighs less. That's one of Shaq's legs. (laughs) 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 Like, 
you you should no longer get medical help. Uh, I mean, that's how Canada views it, right? Well, will I continue to provide medical help? Yes, it's my job. I will be in legal trouble if I do not do so. But my personal belief, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I, that's, dude, that is why I, I think doctors with the title of DO rather than MD are much more reputable just because DOs actually look at the full spectrum of things that can make people be like causing the issues they're having. Whereas an MD is more like, oh, we'll prescribe you this medicine and, and try to figure it out or, or they just treat the symptoms. And that's yes. what's pissing me off about my father's treatment is that they think like, oh, yeah, testosterone could be causing the problem, but we need to stabilize him with all these medicines before we can even think about testosterone. It's like, well, why wouldn't you fix the root cause rather than suppress the symptoms with medication? Absolutely. And, and I'm not a doctor, but I'm very, very familiar with... Uh, chemistry on the level of of being like okay what's the root cause what is the root cause of the issue rather than a symptom because if we blast a symptom with medication we're not addressing the root cause i'm gonna go piss that's what pisses me off lately so um like medication has its place a hundred percent but when it gets to a point if we're saying well uh you know, we're just going to give you medicine and blast it and hope that it works. We don't know if it's going to work, but we'll try. It's disgusting to me, man. Absolutely disgusting. I just... It, it more and more seems like... The, MDs are just salespeople for the pharmaceutical companies, and that's what I have a problem with. I mean, I've seen my father go through so many... In the past 20 years, I've seen him go through health issues. And it's like, oh, we'll put you on three... He, I mean, he's probably on 40 meds a day right now. And then he gets, like, this bout of depression, and they're like, oh, wow, it's probably because you need to have this medicine. Really? You don't think it be, could be caused possibly by the 40 plus medicines he's on currently? You don't think that could have any issue? Maybe the diet. Let's look at the diet. Right? We're just going to throw that out the window as if the diet has nothing to do with how you feel or how you function. Get the hell out of here, dude. That's unbelievable. That we would have these medically trained professionals that went to eight plus years of school and they throw diet out the window, dude. No factor. No factor. That's the biggest thing that needs to change in my mind. Because it, it has been better understood in the past 10 years, but before that it has not been understood at all. What are you talking about? Nutrition. 
And the thing that pisses me off is that so many, at least in Idaho, most of the doctors throw nutrition out the window is like, that wouldn't cause this. When I went to a dermatologist for acne, he told me soda would not cause acne. And as an adult now, I'm like, of course it would. You're dumping crap into your body. Your body's going to become crap. Like literally all we are, our cells are rebuilt off of the things that we eat. Yes. So if it's low quality, you're going to build a low quality person. Um, but that, the thing with my father is that he's on 40 plus medications a day. Because of his kidney transplant. Kidney transplant, yes. But the fact that he has depression now, the doctors don't want to look at, oh, it's not the medicine he's on currently. It definitely isn't that. And it's not the diet. That definitely couldn't contribute to that, even though he only eats potato chips and processed stuff. That's not the issue. What the issue is, is he's not on this medication. That's what makes me upset. And, uh... When I go to doctor's appointments with them and ask them questions, they get pissed off at me because they, they, they it's almost the attitude of like, well, you don't have a doctorate degree, so you shouldn't be saying anything really. But all I ask is like, you know, could his diet be affecting the way he feels? And they get so defensive. No, that definitely couldn't be the that. No way. Absolutely not. That's unfortunate because here it's one of the first things that's talked about yeah not in Idaho like when I broke my leg it was well if you want to heal faster you need to be eating this this and this yeah so but I mean as far as mental health is what they were addressing it's like your, the food that you eat definitely cannot affect your mental well-being. It's not the food. It's a it's a deficiency in some sort of chemical, which definitely doesn't come from nutrition. Let's be clear here. Um, it, it pisses me off that family practitioners are all of a sudden in charge of mental well-being, even though the only thing they prescribe is like penicillin most of the time. Like, these guys have not been trained in, especially in Idaho. They don't know what mental well-being is, a lot of these doctors. Hmm. Like, in my opinion, an SSRI, SNRI, any of the antidepressant medicines uh, should be prescribed by a, like, psychologist. Somebody who, somebody that you go to and they have a conversation with you and they can kind of gauge what the medicine's doing. Rather than going to a family practitioner like, well, you feel better? Uh, yeah, kind of. I don't know. Maybe. Okay, well, it's up to those. Like, they don't really know what they're prescribing. Right. And that kind of upsets me. Uh, I've had some instances in Idaho where I would go to the doctor and they would Google right in front of me, like, what are the side effects of this drug? It's like, if you're doing that, should you be prescribing it if you don't really know what it is? Um, and I've in Utah, you definitely have better doctors, but in Idaho, man, it's, it's the wild west. These guys graduate and then they're like, Oh, I'm a doctor now. I know everything. Not good. Not good. If you're not always practicing and researching. I, I mean, I'm not the doctor, but I'm always looking up stuff on medications that I'm giving to my patients. 
Yeah, and you're learning, but you're not like actually prescribing it, right? Like no, no, I I can't. Right. I'm not allowed to. Uh, but someone will say something like, hey, you know, I got put on this, and now I feel like this. Yeah. And I won't do it in front of them, but I'll be like, okay, I'll... I'll I'll try to find out what's going on for you, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll write down their their name, and what medication it is, so I have like a reference point. Right. I'll go back to where it's just me around the other other nurses. I'll pull it. I'll, I'll pull up the medication and and, and read about it. I think it should be a crime. It it should be illegal to advertise for pharmaceuticals in the United States. I don't think the consumer has any... Like, if you're a doctor, for example, and a customer sees a advertisement for Zopath. Zopath will cure your depression, blah, blah, blah. And I come to you as a, a, you know, a customer or a patient... And say, I saw Zopath on on the TV and it said it cured my depression. As a doctor, you may not be familiar with that. And you may just say, let's give it a try. And you have no idea. Whereas if they didn't advertise those things and the doctors did the research and then said, I think this would be a good. I think they're just getting overwhelmed by the amount of people asking them about medications. Well, that that's part of it. So. I've actually seen a number of things about what you're talking about. Okay. Um, because of medications being advertised is part of the reason why we're able to have so many TV shows available. Right, yeah. In America uh, is because... That's a huge revenue stream. Sorry. um, The teeth things and slight intoxication are... The tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips. The tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips. The tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips. Uh, No, um... So so there's a lot of revenue wrapped up yes. in that and that's part of the reason why we get the myriad of te- television shows that we're able to have. Right. The other part of it is these pharmaceutical companies go to hospitals and various different private practice areas and clinics and physicians and they push their medication. Yeah, oh, they give them kickbacks too. Yes. It's like, let's do a study. Prozac will give you this amount of money to prescribe Prozac. And for every prescription of Prozac you write, you'll get this and we'll be able to do a longitudinal study off of it and blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, that's a problem. Um... So so that's part of it. That that is definitely part of it, without question. Um 
And and then the, the, the last part, like you said, is ignorance on part of the doctor and part of the consumer. So, um, especially with uh, non-private practice entities, okay? Like the U uh, of U? The U of U. Intermountain, even. Intermountain, um, HCA, whatever have you. These conglomerates. Yeah. Uh, you have something called an H cap. Okay. An H cap is basically like the BBB for hospitals. Okay. Better Business Bureau for hospitals or Yelp. It's like a review site. And it's done completely at random. Okay. And so say you spend four months in a hospital from the ICU to rehab to, you know, whatever, like med surge to rehab. Yeah. You may not get reached out to. And you spend two days in in med surge. Right. Because you had some sort of acute problem that was able to be corrected quickly. Yeah. And then you get reached out to. Right. These HCAP people will come to you. And your only experience with the hospital has been two days. Two days. In which you might have had a nurse who's on her fourth and fifth shift or his fourth and fifth shift out of a week of working five days in a row, 12 hours plus right. a day. Yeah. How was your experience? Yeah. Did they treat your pain appropriately? Right. Did they treat... What you did they treat what you came in for appropriately? How was your ice water response? Uh, According to your your status, like what you what did you come in for? Well, I came in for because I was experiencing this, and you got admitted, and now you're on your stuck with a nurse who's doing their fucking damnedest to take care of you on four hours of sleep in the last three days. Right. And you heard about this drug on the TV while you're sitting there watching TV in your fucking room. Yep. Not having to worry about where lunch is coming from or anything. How crazy is it? Where, that where someone will literally wipe your ass for you. Right. Even though you don't need the help with it. Yeah. And you're watching Law & Order SVU for the yeah. 1300th time. With your pharmaceutical advertisements on and there too. And then a pharmaceutical advertisement comes up and it's like, have you been having problems with IBS? Do you feel a little icky sometimes? I do. Yeah. That's why I'm here. And then the nurse doesn't give that to you. 
and the doctor doesn't give that to you, and now you go write a one-star review through HCAP. Yeah. And you've only been there for two fucking days. How crazy is it that we even have CNAs? Like, I, I, I Honestly, CNAs are invaluable. I, I know, it's, it, but isn't it crazy that we've gotten to a point in society that where we need them, that we need them because traditionally when my grandmother was a nurse, she was the assistant to the doctor and took care of everything. Now we've gotten to a point where there's a doctor, a nurse, and then a CNA underneath. And it's like a hierarchical disconnection between patient and doctor. The doctor's like a unicorn or Bigfoot you see in the woods. That's what it's become because so many people are unhealthy. And that's what the problem is. And that's what drives me insane is that if I truly believe if our culture was... Can I get some of that Vicks? Yeah. Yeah. If our culture was uh, health conscious, if everyone ate how they were supposed to, if they exercised how they were supposed to, um, the amount of medical treatment in this country would decrease drastically drastically but it doesn't happen it does not happen because people are comfortable people like to eat the way they eat and they don't want to hear like you should stop eating ice cream every night instead we can put you on this uh blood pressure medication and all of a sudden you're a rat in the wheel a gerbil in the wheel for the rest of your life because you're not willing to sacrifice things that you like in order to achieve something that you would like long term. So I, I really believe that the diet is the foundational staple in what could turn everything around. Diet, exercise, and hydration That's it. status. That's it. Keep below that 30 uh, BMI. Like exercise, you know, try to be... If everyone was at a 25 BMI, it would be a different world in America. Um, Absolutely. But there's money in it. So anytime that somebody comes out. So uh, I, I saw this thing. Sorry. No, go ahead. Um, That is like. Uh, it's a picture of the largest man. The Guinness World Record largest man at, in like, like 600 pounds or something like in the early 1900s. Yeah. And it's like he's an average American now. Average yeah. American. It's fucking nuts. It's insane. It's sad. It really makes me sad because the reason why healthcare workers are so overwhelmed is because there's a lack of preemptive healthcare workers. The, the guys that like nutritionists, personal trainers, there is a lack. It's more focused on medical care than preemptive medical care. And the second the country switches to preemptive medical care, um, the, it changes the world. I mean, it, it changes everything because we the fact that most doctors will. Not all, but most doctors will neglect diet as a possible reason of uh, a health issue. It's genetic. That pisses me off. If it's genetic, you have a genetic disposition to receiving that illness. So kidney disease, for example, 
My grandma had kidney, kidney disease. So did my dad. They had a genetic disposition to get that. Um, but it doesn't mean they would have gotten it if they would have changed their habits. The problem is we have these genetic dispositions to getting these things. But my dad viewed, he, he grew up with his grandma his whole life, right? So he adopted habits, dietary habits even. It might have been high-fat, high-carb meals. But that is viewed as normal. Um, so I, I think that's definitely a, a, a problem is seeing above you. We kind of mimic. I, I would venture to say without the genetic dispos- uh, genetic uh, differences between my parents and myself, I'm adopted. I probably have a higher chance of getting polyester kidney disease just because I grew up with my parents and viewed their habits. Yeah, uh, it's the nature versus nurture argument, and it's been studied quite a bit, actually. Uh, It's mostly been studied psychologically, but uh, there's, there's a lot of information out there in regards to this argument, like, um, again, it's, it's called nature, nature versus nurture, nature being genetic predisposition and nurture being learned habitual things. Okay. Um, so some people are genetically encoded to be like more addictive in personality towards things. Sure. Okay. Nicotine or adrenaline or whatever. Now, if say, say you have that predisposition genetically, but dad, mom and dad don't smoke. Uh, they do something else though. Right. Habitually. Right. You're you're more likely to lean towards that. So it it, it there's like this really fine line of is it because of you, genetics or pattern? yeah like is it because your parents are who they are or is it because you observe your parents growing up and uh. Unfortunately, it's not easy to study that because you can't legally ask people to be part of a control group and be like, just continue living your life the way you're living it. Right. And go to people with children that are under the age of one and be like, we want you to fuck your life up. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, like like it's just not... It's not legal. It's not acceptable. So it's a really hard thing to follow, but it has been studied numerous times, this uh, nature versus nurture thing where is someone more likely to smoke because their parents smokes and they see that, or is it a genetic thing? Like a genetic memory. Yes. Yeah, and I can believe that 100%. That I mean, when you talk about genetic memory, 
you you look at different things. There's certain people like my wife that are afraid of heights. Right. Yeah. Um. That's not me. Right. And that's got to be genetic encoding. Sure. Her dad is afraid of heights. His mother was afraid of heights. Like that that's genetic encoding and then it plays into that like is that because of non-exposure to that so your genetics may carry different because you've been exposed to heights more than they have exactly exactly and and the other part of it is is um you know some people are afraid of snakes or spiders and some people aren't why is that right that's because that's most likely because somewhere along your ancestral tree, someone got bit by a, smi- a spider or a snake and died. Right. It's genetically encoded. And, and, and now all spiders and all snakes are associated with death. Right. And you just need to stay away from those. Things. I'm scared of the sea, man. One I have no. Re- I've never seen the sea. I'm of terrified an- of it. One of your ancestors, way back in the day, might have watched someone drown. Yeah, yeah. Like, like honestly, that and and that's the argument. Like nature versus nurture. That's the argument that's taking place. And, and it makes total sense because I mean, what are we but developed sperm? Really, we're a genetic offshoot of somebody. From thousands, millions of years ago. Yeah, and that and sperm contains memory. I mean, it's crazy, but that's what it is. No, absolutely. And, and and so, like, Liz being afraid of heights and me not being afraid of heights, I didn't see, Apparently, none of my ancestors saw someone fall to their death. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, because if my ancestors themselves were the ones that fell to their death, they weren't the one that passed on the genetic material. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, so, it, it's just an odd thing. I'm I'm terrified of spiders. Right. I hate them. Can't stand them. Yeah. Um, if I have to, I'll approach them and kill them. Yeah. But... Obviously, like, I I don't know if my dad is afraid of spiders or my mom is. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. But it's an innate fear that I have. Yeah. There's no reason behind it. Yeah. So clearly something must have happened eons ago that made me go, those are not okay. Right. Am I afraid of the ocean? Not at all. I used to go kayaking in it once a week. I'm afraid of the unknown, I think. I think I'm afraid of what's underneath. Because you hear all these things of like the deep, dark trenches of the ocean and all these things we haven't discovered there. That's what terrifies me. And I I can get that, but... um, Like... To me, 
I'm more concerned about being in like a jungle environment. Oh, I, I would hate that too. I would hate that too. Like centipedes, freaking huge beetles. Screw that. <laughs> no. The the ocean for me is not an issue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that there's stuff out there, and there's stuff out there that can kill me easily. Yeah. But it's not an issue. And for me, it's an irrational issue because... You've never seen it. Well, that and if I was on a, a big ship, I'd be fine. But if like I was on a raft... Ship? If I was on a raft and I looked 360 degrees and there was nothing, that would terrify me. I think that's different. Yeah. Being on a raft versus a, a ship that has a sustainable source of power and the ability to communicate to other right. areas and get help yeah. is is different than being castaway status. Like, yeah. But, I mean, the balls on those pirates that went across, like, across <laughs> the ocean... They're like, I don't know what's over there, but we're going. That is crazy to me. I mean, it's especially on what they had back then. No technology, just a compass. Or the Vikings, even. Yeah. Like, especially those huge, like, storms where the waves are... 30-foot waves. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. Uh, But it is interesting to me, genetic... Like, I have always wondered, because my dad has kidney disease and his mom has kidney disease, if I have a greater chance of getting kidney disease, even though I don't have any genetic relation to those people, am I at higher risk to get that because I view their habits? And I think the answer is yes. Because Yeah, they- yeah and like I was saying, that that's the nature versus nurture argument, right? Like, genetically, there's huge things genetically. Yeah. But uh, the nature versus nurture argument is basically along the lines of what's more important, what you observe or what you're born with. Right. And I think it's 50-50. Right. Part of me wants to meet my biological parents just to see the resemblance yeah do you know anything um health wise about them i know that it's german descendants which is probably what causes my high alcohol tolerance <laughs> if i were to guess uh but other than that no i don't know i don't even know the last name so you don't know if they've got any predisposition to like heart issues nope. or but i should do the uh, i should do the uh t- 23andMe, like the $200 genetic I would recommend that. Because then I would know 100%. Because right now, I have no clue. I I was talking to Liz today. And um, we were on out at lunch with her parents. And she was like, I don't know what blood type I am. I'm like, that's a problem. Yeah. And she said... She asked why, and I, I basically told her, you know, if you don't know your blood type, if you get pregnant and say you're 
whatever negative, yeah. right? And the baby's whatever positive. Right. There's measures that need to be taken to protect both your life and the infant's life. Right. And you don't know those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that. That that is a problem. Yeah. Like, you need to know. If you ever have surgery, you need to know your blood type. Right. Yeah, it's, it, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, really is. And I'm so different than my, than my adopted parents as far as personality. Like I'm 99% sure one of my parents was like a psychopath or sociopath or something. I'm pretty sure. You related to the Zodiac killer? I just know that like I don't have a ability to... Like, if somebody comes to me with an emotional problem, my immediate response is, like, figure it out. Right. So, I don't know. But right, right. It, it's just, like, an inherent thing that I can't control, but it's just, it is what it is. But, yeah, uh, genetics, what can you do? You, can, you can't control them. No. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. So, anyways, guys, we're going past the time. I hope you enjoyed listening to our rambling. Yeah. And uh, and uh, look into, a, um, what is it, like Mendelian, uh, fuck, what, <laughs> Gregor Mendel. Look into Gregor Mendel. There you go. Uh, it, he did a study on genetics using flowers. And just look at his shit. There you go. All right. That's it. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for listening to Cheap Shot Discussions. Send your comments, questions, concerns, uh, you know, whatever you want. Cheap Shot Discussions. Yeah. Cheap Shot Discussions at gmail.com. We'll read all of them. And And uh, we may or may not respond. Um, probably will at some point. Respond. Yeah, maybe listen to the episode. We'll respond if you listen to the next episode. How about that? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna reply to your email, but I'll reply to it on the podcast, and you can listen to the Us response. Either rant or rave or agree. Ridicule with you. or ridicule. Yeah, yeah, or maybe agree. Yeah. So thanks for listening, guys. Uh, stay tuned for next episode. Have a I'm not even going to say have a good night. Have whatever kind of night you want to have. And that's it. Bye. Drink more.